The Anton Savage Show Saturday with Nifty Business on News Talk. Finnegale is holding a special conference today and it's a conference related to the challenges facing rural Ireland. They are in Maynooth and Tishik Lee of Varadkar is going to be joined by ministers, parliamentary party councillors and Fine Gael members to discuss a range of issues including how delivering for rural Ireland is, according to the party, one of their top priorities. I'm joined by the Minister for Public Expenditure, National Development, Plan Delivery and Reform, Pascal Donoghue. Good morning, Minister. Good morning, Anton. Thanks for having me on your programme. It is a great pleasure. I was talking earlier on to the Deputy News Editor of Agriland.ie, who is there at the uh, conference covering it uh, across the day. And when we wrapped up, I said to um, Francis MacDonald, look, if there was a question that you wanted to put to the Minister that you think your readers and rural Ireland and the farming community are most interested in, what would it be? And she had a tripartite question, which is, how are you going to finance the shift that we all know is going to happen? What financial supports are going to be there for farmers and what guarantee will there be that it's ring-fenced? Oh my God, Anton, a tripartite <laughs> question is your first one. So please allow me to give a tripartite answer if I can. So firstly, how are we going to finance the transition? I assume what your colleague was referring to is how we're going to move, move to a greener economy uh, while at the same time trying to maintain living standards, particularly those that we have in rural Ireland. That's an awfully big question, but I think part of the answer to it is how we organise and make better use of savings in Ireland and across Europe so the private sector is able to invest in the technologies that will allow us to do it. In terms of how all that will be ring-fenced, I will point to the success that we have had with changes in carbon taxation. I know this has been difficult, uh, but you know the price of carbon at a time in which the cost of living is rising is always a really hard thing to do. But for example, that means that we're investing over 800 million euro extra in a ring-fenced way to make a difference to, you know, cycleways, to how we walk around our country and how we protect ourselves from fuel poverty. So they would be my, my best stab at is a very complex question that we are doing our best to answer on behalf of rural Ireland and indeed our entire country at the moment. Let me just cycle back to one bit of it, which is that thing of the financial supports directly for farmers. Because one of the points that she was making was that farmers are eager, are as eager and as aware as anybody of the pressures of climate change and they are eager to deal with them. But that that means financial cost for them as they do whatever the transition might be, particularly in the beef and dairying sectors. Are there additional plans for financial supports for farmers to make that transition? So there are supports there at the moment, and the answer is they will have to grow further in the future. So if I look at where we are at the moment, as part of what we are aiming to do to deliver for rural Ireland, uh, we have the Common Agricultural Plan, as you know, it's co-funded between ourselves and the European Union. That is worth around 9.7 to 9.8 billion euro up to 2027. And approximately a quarter of that is ring-fenced now to provide payments to farmers to allow them to make the changes that they are making and they know that they need to make to better look after nature and our ecology in the future and by doing so to look after our society. So that's what we have in place up to 2027, Anton. And the, the honest answer to your question is that this is a trend that will only have to grow in the years to come as we further made to changes that will be difficult but will help us have better health in the future. As with any of these special conferences, there's an element of it that is to do with policy. There's an element of it that is the politics and, and the sort of political uh, planning as the party gets together. I was looking back at polls 
and from 2017 through to 2023, there has been an almost direct reversal of the positions of Fine Gael and Sinn Féin. So from 33% to Fine Gael and 17% to Sinn Féin, we are now reversed as we start heading towards an election. To what do you ascribe that switch? I would describe uh, that change in those trends of opinion polls to the fact that the main opposition party has been able to take support of other parties of the left uh, in Irish politics, as opposed to necessarily taking support of Fine Gael. Uh, while I think it's very understandable that we look at opinion polls and any politician who tells you they don't look at opinion polls, I'm sure you'll give them a hard time, Anton. Uh, the change nonetheless that has happened there uh, has been amongst parties of the left moving those who would have supported them in the past, now supporting Sinn Féin. But what I'm about and what today's about... But, but sorry, Minister, what of, the, what of the drop in Fine Gael then? Because that doesn't explain a move on the left. Sure. Indeed, it doesn't. Uh, and uh, what I'm about is making the case for Fine Gael and making the case for our efforts here today. And you call out a fair trend, which is to say over recent years, uh, uh, we have seen a, uh, uh, our support not where it was, for example, a number of years ago. Uh, I would attribute that to the growth of um, independent politicians in particular and the impact that has had on our share of the vote. And also the challenges, Anton, in fairness, that parties of the political centre are having all over Europe and all over the world at the moment. And that's one of the reasons why our party has been having a number of special conferences such as today, looking at different themes. And the big theme we're looking at today is our efforts for and on behalf of rural Ireland which is the work that we need to do on behalf of those uh, that we represent and serve in our rural communities. Now, rural Ireland obviously is a significant cohort of, of um, uh, voters for uh, Fine Gael, but the issues of, as we look towards at the, the upcoming elections, the, the top sort of two or three of them are, are fairly self-evident. We have housing, uh, we have health, we have cost of living. To the first of those, there's an interesting analysis in the Irish Times today looking at government targets versus achievements. So, a target for 2022 of affordable housing of 4,000, a delivery of 137, and a need for, according to Simon Coveney, between 40 or 50,000 houses a year over the coming years. You're highly unlikely to get that to the point where it isn't still hurting people when you have to go to the doorsteps. Uh, in fairness to the Irish Times article today, while it forensically looks at some targets that are missed, I think it also gives recognition of a general sense of progress as well and, and recognises some progress that we are making. And actually, Anton, I believe when we do go uh, to uh, the polls in the general election, whenever that may be, we'll be able to make the case for housing supply going up and going up in a way that can and will make a difference uh, to people's standards, to our ability to put money back in their pockets in the years ahead. And why I believe that will happen is if you look at the trends that is in place at the moment for the number of homes that are actually being built in our country at the moment, it's increasing and it's significantly increasing. And you're right to say that if we get to or above 30,000 homes a year, which I believe we will for this year and beyond for next year, we need to make a further move forward then to how we get to the forty to 50,000 homes we need It's a year. difficult ask, but though, isn't it, Minister, to, to say to people... We're to do that. Indeed. But ultimately, that means you're having to say to people, look, ignore the problem, feel the trend. That's a difficult ask to a voter, isn't it? Oh, I think, Anton, the last thing I'll be doing is saying to any voter, or indeed to your listeners, ignore the problem. I mean, we're, we're, we're so aware of the problem, and God knows I'm so aware of it in the work 
that I would do, you know, meeting my own constituents in Dublin Central and beyond all that, beyond I'm going to meet them across the country. But I still think in acknowledging the difficulty that is there and acknowledging the challenge it causes, when we get to the end of this government's mandate, despite a pandemic, despite us having to close down the construction sector to keep people safe, despite the fact that the cost of living, building a home will go through the, has gone through the roof and mortgage interest rates have gone up by so much, we will still have at least two years in which we are going to be building at or more than 30,000 homes per year. And I'll be making the case when we get to that point on behalf of Fine Gael, that to maintain that trend, this government and <clears throat> Fine Gael has played the big role in making that happen and a change of government would open up the risk of that progress being reversed. Okay, um, Sorry, Minister, I want to go back to some of what you talked about about the parties of the centre and the challenges that are facing them in the current political environment. Um, just to say to people, it is obviously the Minister for Public Expenditure and Reform, Pascal Donoghue, that we're talking to 53106 if you want to get in touch. The reason we're speaking to him is because Fine Gael is having a special conference particularly focused on agriculture. Tech saying, the national herd will be culled. It's inevitable. All marginal land, mountain and hill land will be planted with long-term income supports for landowners. Deciduous planting, long carbon sequestration, move away from beef and suck herds. Just briefly before we move to the broader political issues, is that the reality that at a certain point you're going to have to grasp the nettle of culling the herd? Um, any change that uh, is going to happen, uh, I believe will happen and must happen in a voluntary way. And that is why we are looking at the issue of income supports that can be made available to facilitate this change. And on for scale of the change that we need to deliver, we have to bring our society with us, with us. And our farmers are the closest uh, to nature within our country because of how they earn our living. And I would argue most aware of the change that is underway. So yes, we are going to see significant change, but I believe it needs to happen in a voluntary way. And I believe we can put in place the supports and structures to allow that change to happen. But sorry, just so I understand that, ultimately that means a reduction in the herd size, does it? Well, we're going to see through natural change that will happen in our society and consumption and changes in food consumption that will happen. I believe a gradual stability and then uh, reduction over time in terms of the, uh, uh, our cows, in terms of our herd and how that happens. But my key point is that needs to happen in a voluntary way, Anton. Uh, uh, going out and trying to do this in a coercive way or in a way that's against the needs and wishes uh, of our farmers, I don't believe is a recipe for making this happen in a successful way. Uh, I wanted to ask you then about that thing you, you said about parties of the centre and the sort of extremes that politics are heading towards. We saw this week across the water in the UK the uh, British Supreme Court strike down the policy of the Conservative government to ship asylum seekers to Rwanda and we thought that that was the nail in the coffin. We now see Rishi Sunak dedicating himself to doubling down on trying to find a way to make it happen. What's your reaction to that? Uh, that uh, uh, the challenges of migration are hard for any countries that are receiving into them the large movements of people, uh, as we are. Uh, but uh, we have to uh, treat those who are coming into our country, I believe, in a fair way, but also in a compassionate way. And the last way of achieving that is by looking to put them on a, on a plane uh, and fly them off to another part of the world. So I respect the right of any government to handle this matter in the way they see fit, but it's the last thing uh, that I myself would want to see happening in Ireland and I don't believe it will. 
And do you think it is emblematic of a shift in politics generally? Is it that kind of callous, cruel, brutal politics of the right that we are seeing become more common? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, I believe that in uh, across Europe and in our own country, uh, we are trying to grapple with these challenges in a more compassionate way. Uh, we know and I know uh, that those who are coming to our country fleeing a war, or fleeing the collapse of their, their state or fleeing the effects of climate change, uh, that it is a, a moment of trauma for them. That also creates challenges for the society uh, into which they are travelling to. And I think here in Ireland, we are trying to get the balance right. And I believe other and no other parts of Europe are too. I don't believe there's anything inevitable about politics becoming uh, less full of compassion or less full of empathy. Uh, But there's no doubt at all that these complex challenges um, are posing a a particular challenge to parties of the centre and to countries that have seen the movement of large numbers of people. But I don't believe there's anything inevitable about it. And I don't believe the centre of politics has to move to the uh, right in dealing with these challenges. Can I ask you then about the, the thing overnight in relation to Twitter? Because we're seeing the discourse shift very much to the right. That situation where IBM is describing what is the world's largest platform for shorthand news information as being hate speech and discrimination, where the EU Commission has pulled advertising, where Apple, Comcast, Disney have pulled advertising and where the White House has described it as an abhorrent promotion of anti-Semitic and racist views. These being the tweets from Elon Musk and the tweets that he has liked on that platform. Do you think we need to be doing more in terms of regulation in Ireland? And do you think more needs to be done at European level in relation to regulation? I think think we're already doing a huge amount with regard to regulation. There's really big uh, pieces of change taking place at EU level that is going to lead to Ireland having a lot more of a role in relation to the regulation of social media and looking at the content on us. So that change is already happening. But I would actually point to the uh, facts that you are just outlining there as the kind of reaction uh, that is now happening, that is positive, that is needed, that is the change that we need to manage the sinister consequences of language. So I think it's great that we are now recognising that content on social media, on some platforms, and the language and content of it can have such dangerous consequences on social cohesion, can undermine uh, uh, the the common ground and the way we talk to each other, and that the private sector is recognising that. And that the the European Union is recognising that. Would you share Joe Biden's view that it's abhorrent? Oh, I think anything that is uh, anti-Semitic anything at all uh, that uses language that looks to uh, um, reduce the empathy that we have for our fellow human at the moment, I would describe as abhorrent. I wouldn't go all the way to describing a single platform uh, as abhorrent itself, uh, because I know within any single platform, there's a diversity of content, much fun, much insight still to be learned and still to be enjoyed. Uh, But I'm afraid I have little doubt from what I've seen with my own two eyes that there's a growing strand of it that I would describe as abhorrent that we need to be aware of and we need to combat. uh, And we also need to be aware of the growth of disinformation and what that can mean for our media and the effects that can also have on social cohesion and our understanding of what objective truth is. And I think that's the next challenge we have coming at us, Anton. 
Uh, we were speaking earlier about calling the herd a text saying, if every hit listener looked in their household bin today and took the account of the waste we all generate, food, plastic, etc., until we individually address our own consumption me- measures such as culling cows are only token gestures. Consumption is the cause not cattle, says a, a texter describing themselves as a farmer. Final thing, uh, Minister, uh, just to draw to a conclusion, I, I said earlier on that one of the things that the opposition is going to be focusing on as we come into the next election or the, the three main things are the issue of, of housing, of, the, of health and of the cost of living. What's Fine Gael going to be focusing on? Uh, we're going to be focusing on those issues too. Uh, we're going to be focusing on the role of an economy and allowing us to make progress on all of those issues. From a cost of living point of view, when we get to the election, uh, I believe we will have made really big progress in supporting our country and dealing with a cost of living crisis. And we'll be able to point to the measures that we put in place that made a difference. From a health perspective, I only have to look at the kind of investments I saw yesterday, where we're seeing the Rotunda move a significant amount of its health services for women, for mothers, uh, into the heart of our city centre. It's an example of the change that's on the way. And when it comes to housing, we'll be able to point to the fact that we're building more homes, the housing supply is going up, and we're building the right kind of homes. So I'm going to embrace that debate. Um, I'm going to looking forward to making the case for the efforts that we're making, for what more we need to do. But in truth, hands-on, it's still a fair bit away, and we have a lot more to do before we get to that point. And I look forward to a lot more discussions uh, and interviews with you on what we're doing and what we need to do better on, because I'm aware of both. Minister, thank you very much. That is the Minister for Public Expenditure, National Development, Plan Delivery and Reform, Pascal Donoghue. The Anton Savage Show, Saturday. With Nifty Business. Saturday morning at nine. On News Talk.